going on? What's happening? Yeah, it's uh, this is fucking sweet, dude. So the movie we're talking about is fucking probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, it's a fucking horrible movie though. It's like badly acted, badly shot, but it's the beauty of SOV. I don't think the acting is that bad in comparison to a lot of other SOV. I would agree with you. Yeah. Well, it's definitely head and shoulders above Woodchipper Massacre. I'll give it that, <laughs> acting wise, um, maybe score wise too. But um, so I think it was last week you came to the beach. Yeah. And <laughs> Jared and I hung out at the beach and threw some frisbee and uh, ate some food and that was cool. But he kind of presented this option to me at the beach <laughs> do you want to do movie x for the next episode or do you want to do lunch meat so i'm gonna have to do a little more research on movie x which is probably going to be the next episode i'm assuming and i'm excited about that too because i'm actually gonna fucking sit down and really dissect it's gonna be a twofer it is it is and uh, i'm excited for that but for now i told him definitely lunch meat so we agreed on lunch meat at the beach and since then i've probably watched this movie realistically five times and uh i'm really excited to fucking talk about this but unfortunately to the people listening to the show there really ain't much going on as far as like notes or facts about this movie nobody went on to do anything except for one person yeah there's not a lot of tidbits it's this is a straight this is a cut and dry yeah so we're just going to kind of do the best that we can as, with, as far as the movie goes of, you know, this is what we do. But you want to kick it off with the movie? Yeah, might as well. Okay. Uh, just people walking in the alleyway. It was fucking throwing me off. Yeah. Just catching in the mic. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm uh, like, where is that coming from? People just hanging out in the alley <laughs> by the house. Um, okay. So I'm just going to... Uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. It's Lunch Meat, 1987. It was actually filmed in 86. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to throw it right over to you because I, I probably got a lot more to say about this movie than you. Just but simply how many times I've watched it. And oh, you have a history with this movie. I do, really do. I know really you do. do. So what do you... So at first glance, the first time you see this movie or even now, like what do you what do you take away from this movie? What do you like and not like about it? Um, I mean, the the only real thing I don't like, because you know me, I like I I'm a big fan of SOV films. I like SOV films. People like really dog on a lot of them, and I'm I have a soft spot for them. I'll always search and hunt out and find like when companies like oh fucking we just found this fucking lost never released SOV film from like the '80s, and we're gonna release it now, and it's probably fucking horrible because it's made by 14 year olds, but. You know me. I'm going to fucking buy it. I'm going to check it out. Um, the only thing I can honestly say that is a downfall for me on this is they just some shots last too long. Like, they just let it kind of linger. Like, where a shot could have been cut, they could have fucking cut it a couple times. Some shots just kind of, like, play out Okay. for longer than they need to. But that's the only, the only thing. And honestly, that's kind of a common thing for SOV films because... You're dealing with like people who are just like, eh, I got a fucking VHS video camera. Let's go make a movie. We don't know shit about making movies, and they just fucking film shit and doesn't get edited right. Fucking mm-hmm. 
whatever. That's the only negative I have for this. I don't have any other negatives in this fucking movie. Okay, what about uh? So that that would be your positives too. Is um, so you like the movie? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because okay. we never really talked about this. No, like you've yeah, you told me like your history with it. Yeah, so when we I mean, and you've you, kind of you, you blew my mind when we first started hanging out, and I brought this up, and you're like, oh, I used to I used to have that VHS tape. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get into that. It's a heartbreaker. Um, so years ago, when Jared and I first started really hanging out and really fucking, you know watching movies and talking about movies I just remember lunch meat was like the linchpin that held my fucking knowledge for it was like my go to for like I need that certain movie at a certain time that does exactly what I want it to do and makes me feel exactly the way I want it to make me feel Yeah. and at that time I honestly had no idea about SOV subgenres random ass fucking VHS renting from video stores this happened to be so Zach from shit life and I used to hang out when we were younger um, I think 19 20 years old and I used to hang out at a video store that had a Mortal Kombat arcade machine in it and I worked at the little Caesars pizzeria next to next to it and at the time they were converting from VHS to DVD so they were going to sell all their VHS for a dollar a piece, no matter what it was. I was not charged for renting movies because I gave them free pizza at the video store. So they said, dude, just come through when we close the store. I used to hang out there and play Mortal Kombat till like four in the morning and smoke blunts with the two young kids that worked there and drink 40s of King Cobra and we'd play Mortal Kombat. And then that I'd be- That is seriously like an awesome, like I can't imagine being around the time of like video like VHS rentals and video stores being like what they used to be and like you worked at a fucking pizza place mm-hmm. you walked next door grabbing horror VHS <laughs> yeah playing a Mortal Kombat arcade machine just blazing up yeah and I was I, I definitely smoked at that time but those guys got me higher than fucking giraffe pussy that's yeah. <laughs> so it was crazy because we I had nothing in common with those dudes um, as far as music and movies and stuff like that. They were into like new releases and they listened to like rap and hip hop and stuff. But they we both liked to party and they loved Mortal Kombat. And long story short, um, I was allowed to take whatever movies I wanted home for as long as I wanted to take them home. I just had to leave the slipcase or the box of the movie there. And I sometimes I'd go home with like fucking you know fucking 10 tapes a lot of George Carlin some old Eddie Murphy some uh, stand ups and shit a lot of horror anyway not to drag this out but those were fucking some of the best times of my life and I remember they let me have any any tapes that I wanted that they had there and the cool thing real quick was this place was called the video zone and the logo on the outside of the building looked like the twilight zone font Mm -hmm. I've seen that I remember yeah seeing it so when I was a kid growing up, every Friday my mom would take me and my brothers up to Little Caesars because it was pizza night and then the video rental store was next door. We could rent Nintendo games or fucking movies. So there was a history there. They sold it to these dudes. and So anyway, so I, I definitely grabbed lunch meat because I rented it and Zach used to hang out with me and we, used to, we were in a band together at the time and we fucking watched this movie all the time. We fell in love with it right away. 
So when it came time for the, well, we're either going to throw these tapes in the dumpster or you can take them home, as many as you want. And like Jesus no one was fuck. buying the tapes. They said all fuck VHS a dollar. And I'm like, I got lunch meat. And I wasn't charged for any of the VHS. They just gave me, they said, take what you want. We're selling the rest for a dollar a piece. I got fucking lunch meat, nail gun massacre, bunch of fucking Carlin stand-ups, bunch of like Van Damme, Seagull movies. I had crates of VHS. And I moved out of that house and left those tapes there. And uh, that tape's going for like a lot of money now. And I don't really give a mm-hmm. fuck about the money. Mm-hmm. I could care less about. It's just the fact that this is one of my favorite movies. And I did have it on my favorite format. And I just didn't know what I had at the time. And I just let it. It's probably just in a landfill somewhere now. Uh, and I do remember vividly that the fucking tape was in good shape. It wasn't beat up. It was like no one rented it. Did you have the actual fucking box too? Oh yeah, they, they yeah I had the uh, they yeah. kept the snap cases and gave me the slips so I didn't have to you know what I mean. Uh, they threw all the snap cases away in the dumpster and just gave me the tapes with the slips. Yeah. So I had all these fucking VHS tapes, man. Like, fuck, I missed that. But me and Zach used to watch that all the time, and that was like the fucking you know two in the morning, hammered on malt liquor, oh, smoking yeah. weed. Throw in lunch meat. I still to this day I know that movie word from word. I can turn it on mute and I know every line from every person in that movie. So there's a soft spot in my heart for this movie. Yeah. So I'm really glad that we're doing it. Now all I have is a bootleg DVD I got from Horror Hound. Still cool. <laughs> still cool by me. I can throw it in and it's and it's on YouTube too. But um, I don't even think I own an actual copy of this movie. You might want to. Well, I mean, it's on YouTube, but... Dude, I go on the... I I have it as one of my watches for VHS. Yeah, me too. And it's like two ninety nine, man. I fucking wait. I, I wait patiently, because eventually one's going to pop up if somebody doesn't know what the fuck it is. Yeah. And buy it now for like 15 bucks. And I'm sure like 80 fucking other people have that same search saved. Mm-hmm. So I just got to be quicker. <laughs> but eventually I'll get it for not... The retail, which is like hefty, it is. It's fucking hefty. So when the, when I first started collecting VHS, I now own all the coveted tapes. All the shit that you want. Yeah. All the tapes that I said I would own one day, I do, except for this one. And I've literally mentally wrote this off about eight years, seven years ago, as it being an unattainable fucking object, because I refuse to pay the prices that people, and they've doubled since. I started collecting the tape has doubled in price which I thought was astronomical fucking six years ago now it's just ignorant like how what they're charging for it and I wouldn't I would one day maybe pay that if it gets to the point to where it's like I'm either gonna pay this or never own the tape it's a nostalgic thing for me it's not just like oh I want to have maniac on VHS because it's a cool movie this movie brings back really good memories of hanging out with friends and like you know what I mean? It's a fucking timepiece for me, dude. So maybe one day I'll, it'll happen. But dude, I acquire, I, I try acquiring multiples of like kind of like sought after shit to use for trades, which mm. I was able to do. That's how I got my tales from the quad dead. I don't think you forgetting you got that man. I had a double of a uh, Inquisition, which is that's a good one too. Not yeah. obviously, obviously not as fucking rare, but it's rare. It is, yeah, and. Um, 
kind of uh, got the hookup by with a friend who had somehow, somehow didn't have that one because his fucking VHS collection is fucking on point, like one of the best I've seen. And he was like, "I'll give you this." Because he's already he has one, yeah. And I was like, okay, I can trade him for it. I might have given him some other shit too. I can't remember, but yeah, no, that's how I got my quad dead. Good. And I also got uh, my um, why am I blanking? The other fucking movie by Chester Turner, uh, Black Devil Doll yep. from Hell. Black Devil Doll from Hell from him. You got that VHS too? Oddly enough, that one, it's not. I don't have the tape. I have the case. Ah, yeah, yeah, I remember. At first, didn't wait. You know, something weird about the quad dead zone too. Quad dead zone's OG slip. slip. It's the OG slip, and it's a just a tape in there. Yeah, but the slip is worth just as much as the Shit, fucking tape, the, dude. The, the slip goes for fuck. Um, I want to say I've seen it sell for two, almost two hundred. Yeah, just, it's just the, slip. the slip. Yeah, not even the tape. I would, you know what I mean? Just a blank tape with the movie on there just to have the slip wouldn't bother me a fucking bit, dude. You know what I mean? Like, that's... I'm still looking for... There's another tape I have. Uh, I have the OG Abomination. Abomination. Not the Massacre, the, the original. I, yeah. Well, I have the Massacre Big Box and the Clank. Oh, you do? You do? Yeah. And I have the original, but it's cut the fuck. It's a cut the fuck box. It's in a clamshell where they cut off the slides and they just put the front and the back in, but mm. it's an OG uh, Donna Mitchell tape. Yeah. So I'm waiting for somebody to like have a super shit like moldy copy, just for the case. And I'll buy it and just get the case. Your nightmare is pretty tattered. The the case is tape's good. Yeah, the case on my nightmare is kind of fucked. I'm actually. I think you're, you have one. You have did, don't you? I have oh, the same one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, I think it's the Continental Big Box, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mine's it's a little. Crink, like you know, it's a little faded too in the front. But I, I remember you pulling yours out of the plastic protector, and it, it, I think it just separated in the corner. And you're like, I'm just gonna put this right back. Well, yeah, because like, which it's, sucks. It's like the 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 whole top of the box, the whole fucking top of mine is fucked. Yeah, and I think this happens a lot with Continentals. Almost all the Continentals I have are like this, where it's like, no, actually, all my thrillers are like this. And this one is just this is Continental, but it's just like the thrillers yeah. I have, where the fucking it almost felt like it was made with cheap fucking cardboard that just had a fucking gloss finish put on it, and it just threw years. It, it disintegrates. Just, yeah, it just started getting fucking tattered and fragile. Yeah. So like the flaps on the inside, kind of I don't know, I don't know. It's a it's a fucked up box. Yeah. <laughs> it looks good and <laughs> it does when you have it in the fucking put it in the plastic. It looks fucking fine. Even pulling it out, it's not bad. But it's like when you go to open it, it's like, ugh. Gotta be, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's fucked. Whatever. I still kick myself when we did that um, <clears throat> VHS swap when I was doing Man and Radio still. And Lunchmeat set up next to me. Mm-hmm. Josh, Lunchmeat Josh was selling fucking Nightmare Pal tape. Really? No one bought it. And I don't know how I didn't buy it. Because I kept looking at it. What's the fucking cover on that one? Um, How to explain it. It's almost like... Segmented pictures in like a grid. Uh maybe I've seen this. This is like nightmare, and I think nightmare's broken into two lines. Okay. Like nightmare. Right. Because I've seen the planet. Oh fuck yeah, the planet. The the planet blue. That's a big box, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
I see. I know that goes for fucking. That's a fucking grill. Oh, right good god! Yeah, I did get. I got the Continental for like twenty five bucks, dude. Yeah, and that's what that's that was a coveted tape for me. So, uh, I but, think the I think like the getting a expensive tape for cheap as fuck. The best I have for that is getting the Prowler Big Box for like twenty bucks. I think that's the closest I've gotten to having like a very high valued sought after tape for almost nothing. Yeah. Yeah, that was I was there with you when you got that too. That was really cool. I was like, "Fuck, man." You know, but I wasn't even I wasn't collecting tapes at the time. I was stoked for you. Dude, we went back to the hotel room at the convention. I just fucking held that big box for like 15 minutes. I'm like, "This is amazing. This is so fucking cool, you know?" Like, but um that was a fucking it was a convention that nobody gave two shits about tapes. You got Maniac from the same guy. And I waited till Sunday to get it. Yeah, no one bought it. I yeah. saw it on Friday. I didn't get it until Sunday. Because that's nobody at that convention gave two fucks about video. If that VHS. was cinema, that we wouldn't you wouldn't even had a chance, dude. You cinema, know what I mean? Cinema is a whole new beast. If you're like in the VHS, you got to get there early for people, tapes. You got people there that have some fucking like they're selling fucking a legit collection. Oh, dude, I got like Black Christmas uh, slipcase wrapped in the Warner Brothers Saran wrap, never open. Granted, it was might have been from the '90s because it was in, it's crispy, but I got it for like ten bucks, dude, and it's like perfect condition, you know. So I'm like, fuck yeah, dude! I've gotten some good tapes from cinema, but usually when by the time I get there, all that shit's accounted for. People, are, I'm asking people, like, is there anything left? As soon as I get there, and they'll be like, there might be like a massacre collection, Slumber Party <laughs> three left, like. Under the, but you got to ask them, and the code word is fucking Walt sent me. It's like, okay, <laughs> like, dude. Well, the thing is, like, it's, you'll also have the people who already made deals with people online, so they just meet up. God, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's. I did. I remember meeting up with fucking Lewis. I'm like, and I saw like he had some stack of tapes. I'm like, Where the fuck did you get those? He's like, oh, so I can. I was talking to so and so, and yeah, he brought it to me. I'm like, go fuck yourself, man. I know, it's all dumb. It's all dumb. It's like, what the fuck? But uh, with, the, with the lunch meat thing, um, I, I I do have the bootleg DVD, and it's just the movie itself. I mean, it's cool. It would be cool to have the tape, but I just thought, this movie is fucking one of my favorites, man. It really is. There's nothing I don't like about this movie. I thought, honestly, you were going to say that the only thing you didn't like was like the, the backwoods, like redneck kind of thing doesn't bother me in this okay because you doesn't. sometimes that gets to you in yeah. movies and sometimes it does I don't like me. it yeah it's one of my least favorite sub sub genres of the slasher yeah is when they're like fucking the rabid back, hillbillies the, the backwoods fucking like I'm, I'm not a huge fan of like I, I like just before dawn mm-hmm. I'm not like a giant fucking fan of it yeah I'm okay with Mother's Day but can't really deal with the whole hillbilly aspect i just uh. no i know i get you it gets to be a little saturated in some movies where they're just overselling the fact that they're like dumb yeah like hicks yeah yeah, just like if they play it like not over the top i'm more on par with it yeah i think i think this for being sov and i mean they play it over the fucking top in this movie but some reason it doesn't really bother me doesn't bother me either but um I'm gonna dig right in. So with so with this movie, the fucking um, 
some of the kill scenes or the attack scenes it's it's not even so much about favorite kills it's about favorite attacks because sometimes the attacks don't result in a in a kill yeah so dude gets a pickaxe to the foot right off rip when they get out of the jeep so they fucking there's a dead body in the road they stop they're on a detour they're going up to a cabin that the fucking rich kid carries parents own he's a dick the stereotypical dick God, he plays that part well. Um, I hate that guy. The singer from Susie and the Banshees is supposed to be on a blind date with him. Um, <laughs> uh, fucking Roxy is the chick, is the love interest of. She's kind of the hot chick or whatever. And yeah. So anyway, it's it's it is what it is. But the the to dig into like the first when they attack them, he then the pickaxe goes in the foot. Mm-hmm. You would think under any other circumstances that I would be totally fucking annoyed by the just the ongoing sounds that this guy makes because he's in agony. But then when you really sit back, if you're as high as I have been <laughs> at times watching this film, I'm like, realistically, I might not have even been that mobile. If you really think about a fucking dull ass rusted pickaxe going through the top of your foot and you have a hole the size of a fucking tennis ball in the top of your foot and you're trying to run through the woods with that it would suck and he he sells it pretty good okay so there's that right the chick with the purple fucking outfit on <laughs> when the yeah. dad fucking just starts hacking her up with a machete that's one of my favorite scenes I've ever seen in my life that is so uncomfortable and creepy and so realistic like if you were to get fucking hacked up in the woods by a fucking crazed maniac that's what it would look like and that's exactly how it would go down and then there's like a shot of her dead laying there in the weeds and there's like flies buzzing around and I'm like that's what it would look like if you came across a fucking body in the it you know what i mean and it's the way it's shot and cheaply made it's just so gritty and grimy it's like i love that shit dude it's this this movie nails it for me it's like yeah absolutely absolutely yeah and i just it was the first of its kind that i had ever seen besides blood cult which fucked that <laughs> The blood have, cult was you have the, such a hatred for blood. Oh cult. my god! Because I had such high hopes. I'm like, dude, it said Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth on the box. I'm 14, and I stayed the night at Jeff and Troy's house, and we put in blood cult, and it fucking sucks. Short story on that: we put that in. We made it through like 15 minutes and turned it off. The other movie we rented, Buried Alive, ooh, okay. blockbuster, and I still to this day blockbuster. Yes, it? hear me out. Blockbuster used to carry Buried Alive because there was another Buried Alive that came out with Jennifer Jason Lee in it. And I think they mixed up. I swear to God, I'll never forget. It was the Thriller Big Box art on the Blockbuster case. We rented Buried Alive because it said, warning, this movie has depictions of violence and gore and the chick in the coffin. And we're like, fuck, let's get that. And then we got Blood Cult. So it's like summertime. I'm staying the night. We got fucking snacks, fucking galore and shit. We put in Blood Cult sucks because I'm like, let's go with the Friday the 13th Halloween thing first. 
We're like, this sucks. It looks like it was shot on your mom's fucking home video camera. This looks like your parents' wedding. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this, man? It fucking was, man. I, I know. And they used like every effect in the I, camera. <laughs> I could not do it. So we're like, let's throw in the other one. And there's fucking fingernails being pulled off and fucking uh, innards being extracted via tube and taxidermy. Yeah, and That's like a top-level movie. Oh, man. That's we saw I swear to God, on my fucking nephew's life, my cat's life, I seen that when I was 14, I, just purely by accident, because we wanted to rent movies that we'd never heard of. We had already done the Friday the 13th Halloween Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street. We're like, let's try to get some other ones. We see a meat cleaver on Blood Cult, and we see a warning label on that one. The parents are under the assumption that we're at Blockbuster, so there's not going to be any movies there that are too fucking, well... Buried Alive was one of those movies, and it stuck with me, man. I remember when, because I used to go to this mom and pop one, American Video. It's like right down the street from my house. Mm -hmm. And they closed down. And then, so after that, all we had pretty much left, unless I wanted to go to King Video, which back then it was like, that was kind of out, outside of the zone. was. Um, so I would go to Blockbuster. And I remember walking down the horror aisles, even as like a younger kid, thinking like, dude, they don't even have all the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Like, they have fucking shit. Blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah, they had like, they had like one, two, always four, four. It was like six. one, two, four, six. Manhattan. And then hell. Oh, and hell. Yeah. They always because hell was like the new one. At yeah. The time. Yeah. I got you. Like, Early nineties. Like this. Uh, then I like, walk right back through. Like maybe I missed something. So I start like really paying attention because I'm always one of the people who like I skim like oh, I do this with fucking everything. I just kind of skim through, mm -hmm. see if anything catches my eye off bat. Yeah. And like fucking nothing. So then I walk back through and I like, start really focusing in on like everything. And I'm like, that's when I realized like Blockbuster fucking sucks. They did. Like there's nothing. So here, did, and man. you know what was worse than Blockbuster was Hollywood Video. Yeah, I think so. Blockbuster had a couple of fucking select because even with the Van Damme movies, there'd be oh, three of them. Fucking dude had like eight stout movies when I was a kid. I'm like, well, why isn't this one here? It'd be like just the big famous ones. And you go to uh, dude, Van Damme should have at least Bloodsport and they, that was, those two were there, and it was like Double Impact. That's it. Fucking Double Impact. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. Wait a minute. There's two Van Dams. I'm 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 in. I'm, what do I where do I sign? Is Time Cop in there anywhere? No, this was before Time Cop. Time Cop was like '95. Awesome movie, by the way. But so I hated staying the night at certain friends' house. So I'm gonna say this: I came from like a certain type of family. We had the Video Zone and we had Fox Video. Oh, I remember Fox Video. It was right across the street from Video Zone. Yeah, that was fucking weird. Yes. Now it's like a transmission place, but the building's still shaped the same. When I stayed the night at Jeff's house, his parents lived in a nicer house on a nicer part of town. They went to Blockbuster Hollywood Video. And I'm like, would go there with them, like, oh, you guys can rent anything you want. And I'm like, because yeah, this sucks. <laughs> I walk a, into Fox Video it's a and fucking they got, safe zone. It is. It's like everything's been scanned over. Nothing's over PG thirteen unless you there's know. no there's no room with a beaded curtain. No, there's no beaded curtain and weird creepy dudes with sunglasses at night coming out of the back and shit. There's no arcade games. I'm like, dude, you walk into fucking Fox Video and the first thing you see, I swear to God, was all eight Friday the Thirteenth taped together. The boxes do not separate boxes. 
I literally pulled the motherfucker off and had all eight slipcases taped together. <laughs> why did they? Wait, why? Why? Why did they? Because people would pick them up and move them, and then they're like, "Do you have my Manhattan?" They're like, "Do you have? Where's your Friday the 13th? They're like, "Dude, taped all eight of them together." Like we had, yeah. Just tell us which one you want, and they had the number stickers on every video in there. So you're like, yeah, I need a one, two, seven, eight. Oh, that would be American Ninja. We do have that. Okay, and they still had beta. Stout Nintendo rentals. You know? You go to Blockbuster and you're like, dude, okay, so we got like this and this. Let's just go with that. But the cool thing was the Blockbusters were always in the neighborhood where the good pizza places were and the good ice cream places. So when I stayed the night, they just like, who wants to go to Pizza Hut? I'm like, fucking me. So that was cool. But uh, <laughs> I always hung out at the fucking grimy ass video places. They always had the cool fucking movies, you know, like yeah. the, your I spit on your graves, your fucking crazy ass exploitation movies. Dude, it's still, still to this day, I'm trying to remember what fucking movie this was that I rented. And I, I'm never going to be able to fucking track it down. But it was at American Video. I was like 12. Mm-hmm. 13 maybe? I don't know. Summer. Walk up there. Rent movies. Come back. And it was like in the, in, in the horror section. I don't know what the fuck movie this was. <laughs> I remember it being a red tape. And I get home and my dad's like, he must have been on vacation. So my dad's there. My uncle's there with him. And he's like, oh, so what'd you rent? And he sees like a red tape so like older dudes are thinking like you fucking run a porn yeah <laughs> he looks at it and I can't remember what it was but he was he read the name of it he was like what section of the store did you get this in it was like the horror the horror section so and, the name of the movie own- might have been could have been misconstrued as it just happened yeah. to work out that way yeah cause I was, I was like the horror section and my uncle was like and he, my dad showed up to my uncle my uncle was like do you mean the horror section so I'm thinking it was like one of those like sexy vampire fucking uh, whatever could, movies, but yeah. I, dude, I've been I have nothing to go on, so I don't put much effort into it. But I so badly want to try to figure out what movie this was I rented. It was to the point where my dad was like, "No, take this back." So let's just say hypothetically, you rented Virgin Among the Living Dead. Yeah, and it came with a red tape. And they look at it, the first thing they see is Virgin. They're like, take this motherfucker back. <laughs> he says, oh, fuck, weird shit, right? Dude, like, he, he did. He made me. He's like, dude, it was like two in the afternoon on like oh, a fucking like, man. Thursday. He's like, no, take this back. Just tell them your parents said no. <laughs> yeah. And that you need to pick something else out. I'm like, all right. And I can't remember what the hell I got after that, but it, that, it pops in my head every once in a while. I'm like, what the fuck was that goddamn movie? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't have like, I have like tapes that are colored, but they're all like, newer releases right I'm like I don't have any like older like 90's tapes that are like color shelled so I don't own this movie yeah if the tape was red green or blue yeah they saw a red tape and I remember they were like that like piqued their interest so like because it was the clear case they knew what time it they're was they're like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. Yeah. hey Jared come here like, well because I hung out at video zone what did you rent yeah <laughs> so I hung out at video zone and uh, it was fucking weird so I worked at Little Caesars, and what they would <laughs> what they would do is they'd get a full shipment of porn in VHSs, and they always came in those big obnoxious boxes. Oh yeah, all porn is big boxes. Yes, they never kept the box; they kept 
the inner sleeve, the inner thing, and just the snap case. Yeah. I'd go to take the trash out at Little Caesars, and the dumpster would be full of big box folded porn. Like, to the fucking top of the dumpster is so obnoxious, dude. I'm like, what the fuck? But I do remember that all the tapes were colored like that. And then even if you rented the uh, from the back room with the beads and shit, the snap cases that said Video Zone were different colored, too. So they knew you had a point. Yes. So if you've seen a guy, so if I'm bringing over an Italian cheese bread to fucking homeboy and getting a 10 bag off of him, and a guy walks up with 15 green snap cases, I know he's ready to party by himself. I, hope, <laughs> I don't know. We always knew it, you know. Like, um, And there was times where, like, dudes would come into the pizza place and set their fucking, te- you know, rental on the counter to order pizza, and it'd be all green snap. I'm like, what's up, man? What can I get for you? <laughs> You looking for some sausage on your pizza? <laughs> like, Dude, maybe just going to like a fucking like bachelor party. I see. I always hope that's what it was because it's kind of sad if that's not what the case. <laughs> Dude, when I was thirteen, um, my aunt and uncle, you know, they were engaged, getting married, and it was my uncle's fucking the the bachelorette party was I guess at my parents' house. The bachelor party was at my grandparents' house. Mm, okay. We live like five blocks from each other. Like, okay, yeah. Maybe a half mile down the road. So they're like, all right, well, I was going to go over John's house. I just waited, need to wait for my brother to come get me and then take me over there. So I had, they're like, well, go to, go to the grandparents' house where the bachelor party's going on. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so I'm hanging out there and my dad's there and all my uncles and his friends and shit. And they're like, don't go to the basement. You're not allowed in the basement. Oh, good. I found out the basement, there was, that was where the strippers ended up being. And that was where, like, the very hardcore porn videos were going on. Oh, They did, man. like, the, they did the stereotypical fucking, like, not going to a strip club, not going out partying, just a house with, like, like porn films and strippers. But then the upstairs, they still had porn, <laughs> but it wasn't hardcore. It was, like... Jenny McCarthy Playboy video. Oh yeah, okay. Like so, it was like naked chicks, but yeah. like they're not like spreading their legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was basically me. My grandpa was in the other room with his TV, not watching anything like that. Just like I'm separating myself, but I got to sit like 12 year old me sitting on like a couch, just watching like Jenny McCarthy's Playboy video. Really? <laughs> and something else. I'm like, yeah, my dad like didn't. He was just like, oh, whatever, man. Just don't come down to the basement. Yeah, don't go down there. <laughs> then I, my brother comes and picks me up to take me over to John's house. He's like, we got to stop at the house first. I got to grab something. So we go back to my house. That's where the bachelorette party's at. All my aunts and mom and whatever is there. You got an exciting family. So he just, <laughs> shit was fucking weird, man. Dude, so we go I in. I never get the head shit like that, dude. We go in. <laughs> only answer there. Um, I don't remember anything. I've seen pictures afterwards, so I know there was a at least a very giant penis kick involved. Oh, yeah. Betty Cocker. Yeah. And a stripper showed up, which kind of I get to in a minute, who did a lap dance from a grandma. Yeah. Sir Loin. <laughs> <laughs> But so we, we go in, my brother grabs me once. We go to walk out, and dude's walking up. Looks like a pizza guy. 
I'm 12. Oh, fuck like, I'm off. fucking. Don't so, even, I'm you, so like. You've never told I'm, me this. No, I'm 12 years old. I don't fucking connect dots Wait like a this. So, I didn't order a pizza. So I'm like fucking like <laughs> so like naive to it. I walk out with my brother and I'm like, dude, fucking let's like wait a couple minutes. Like, Grab some pizza. He's like, it's not the fucking pizza man. I'm like, how do you know it's not the pizza man? He's like, pizza guys do not have boom boxes. Oh, <laughs> Someone ordered the sausage. And yeah, turn around. Homeboy has a fucking Party straight up boy with the snap boom box with those fucking like detachable speakers. Oh good lord. They were like all the rage in like the 90s that's a hard 96 i think yeah. that's a hard 96 dude and then like later on i saw all the pictures from it and like yeah it was like a dude like long hair ponytail like grinding up on my grandma fucking a man <laughs> and i went and partied at john's house probably ate pizza and watch fucking hbo that's that's how that's that's how we used to do man fucking taxi cab confessions oh god yeah. Real sex. 26. God, that was like... <coughs> I used Remember to that? I love how we started... Weird shit. We started talking about lunch meat. We have diverted. Yeah, we're going to come back. Yeah, but honestly... But I remember watching fucking... I'd hang out at John's house all the time, and like we'd be up all night and then turn on HBO, and it'd be like, real sex, 38. Yeah. And it's just like chicks and like... I don't know, fucking... Yeah. Naked I'd, chicks... Anyway, doing weird, sh- yeah, like it's uh, like a 11, they, 12 they, year old is like, what the fuck? The only thing I remember from that because I remember they were always on late at night, mm-hmm. and I always had a strict bedtime, so I never and there was no fucking DVR like any of that back in the day. I just yeah. remember seeing like the TV guide or like, well, in four hours, real sex thirty eight comes on, and I remember just one time on a weekend in the summer, I stayed up and it came on, and I'm like watching it, and it was just like a bunch of naked chicks finger painting and drinking wine and shit, and I'm like. This is fucking weird, man. So I said, I'm like, I'm watching MTV, man. It was just like strange. And they're just like, yeah, I remember that. First. I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's weird. So like, yeah, that's my only like real memory of that. And then I'd never seen the taxi cab thing, but I know that that was all Dude, the rage back in the I day. I remember like, I, I heard about taxi cab confessions before I saw it. And it was like, oh, taxi cab confessions. Like, well, no, not for kids. Well, I think when, especially like pre, basically pre-internet. Yeah. Or like early stage. I'm gonna. It's, it's those early stages of the internet. When you're a kid, you think if it's something not for kids, there has to be like nudity and sex and shit. Involved. Yeah, right. And it was again at fucking John's house. <laughs> fucking, <laughs> fucking John's house. <laughs> fucking Johnny, dude. Fucking. I miss that fucker. Turn on, like, crashing out to like HBO and Taxi Cab Confessions comes on. It was like seriously the most boring shit. As a kid, for a kid, like I'm not seeing like tits hanging out. Like, no, I'm just well, you've like, seen worse in cr- horror movies, crazy like, stories and shit. Yeah, and someone so driving a taxi cab. It's like, weird because they're like, right? dude, yeah, no, man, you taxi cab conventions. It's bedtime. Yeah, but then you rent like fucking, you know, uh, Ilsa in the, <laughs> uh, uh, what was the Beast in Heat? Oh, what's this? Cool, I'm 14, let's watch this. You know, it's like fucking... Um, yeah, you can write any horror movie you want. Dude, I but remember you being... can't watch Taxi Cab Confessions. <laughs> like, okay, well... I remember being about that age, 11, 12, and at my grandparents' house, I had a friend... Uh, we crashed there for some reason. I don't fucking know why we were at my grandparents' house. But we ended up crashing there, and he brought, like, Faces of Death too. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first time I watched it. It was oh. in, like, a fucking dark ass my grandparents 
dark ass basement. Yeah. Fucking, I remember the scene where they're fucking stitching up the chick's mouth for fucking getting ready for a funeral. Yeah, like going through a fucking like embalming her and shit. Yeah, all, all that. Yeah. All that. Yeah, it's crazy. I was like, just every time you fucking mention John, now I'm just looking back in the '90s like I didn't know him then. Like, hey man, what are you up to this weekend? I'm not sure. You Max after dark pizza snacks. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> fucking Johnny, I miss that fucker. But uh, okay, so what we just did was we just filled in time of shit we can't talk about with lunch meat because there's no fucking facts on it. But the, the facts we do have, I'm going to point those out real point, quick. Okay, point out because I want to see if you're going to point the same thing. I'm out of out. all the people in this movie, only one fucking person did anything else but this movie professional-wise, like as far as movie, TV, whatever. Yeah. Uh, she was Roxy in the movie, and in this movie she was credited as Kim McCamey. Mm-hmm. But her real name is Ashlyn Gear, like Richard Gear. Fucking already using a fake name. Yeah. She was on one episode of The X-Files in the 90s after this movie was made. One episode of Silk Stalkings, if anyone remembers that on USA. I see the path she's going down. Yes. And then Willard, the Crispin Glover movie. She was in that? She was. I don't know who she was. It just, he's, she was in that movie. Fuck. Okay. She was also in Creepazoids, 87, same year. Shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yep. And then she uh, did a lot of porn, and she's in like three Hall of Fames, porn Hall of Fames. So from like 90 to 98, I think, she was like shooting adult films. And that's all we really know about her, and she's just kind of chilling now. She ain't really, she didn't do much after that, like '98 or whatever. But that's living, she's just living life now. Yeah, she's just hanging out, but um, like literally hanging out. Like I seen a bunch of her boobs and like all that shit all over the place. Like, here she is at the AVN '97. Like, okay, what's happening? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was that's all that really I mean happened with anyone in this movie. So yeah, for people in this movie, nothing much. Uh, I just I I kind of just dig the stories with the director, who's I'm fucking blanking on his name right now. It's like Keith or Craig, some like yeah. Alex fucking. He's fucking. Uh, is it Alex Kirk? Alex Knight. I think it's Alex. Or Kirk. Alex Kirk. Alex Kirk. Kirk I, think. I think. His whole thing was he always wanted to make a movie. He was just cast taxi driver. Mm. Finally, he said, "Fuck it, I'm making a movie." He sold his cab to get funding. So as he got, like, he's like cast together, and they're gonna fucking make this movie, which is filmed over a couple of years, I think. But he, he was like, kind of like pissed off because everything out there, like if you have a camera, they're like, oh, you're making a fucking movie, you got to do X, Y, Z, and it's always costs money and whatever. They had he. They told him he had to have, a, like, a fire marshal on set every oh, day. all the protocols. Have a shit. fucking cop on set every day. Mm. And it was, like, $40 an hour. And he was like, well, fuck yourself. And he would just... They just went out into the fucking, like, wilderness to film this shit. Yeah. And then they'd be filming, and a cop would come by, or fucking DNR, or whoever the fuck it would be. And, like, oh, you gotta stop... You got to get a permit. Come back when you got a permit. And he'd be like, okay. And they would just go to another fucking location. I didn't know any of this. And okay. keep fucking... And just well, film. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, hell, yeah. that's fucking uh, DIY as fuck right there, and man. They, that's fucking what I love about it. Yeah. Like he, he straight up was like, I want to make a movie. This has been what I've been wanting to do. This is my dream. I want to make a movie. Mm-hmm. 
And then, like, oh, we got to have all this. You go, fuck yourself. I'm just going to make it. And they're like, well, we got to come back with Terminator. He's like, okay, go fuck yourself. I'm just going to go to another location and start filming again. Yeah. Well, and I guess there was supposed to be a lot more. They, they had a shit ton more gore. Um, really? Scripted for this. Storyboarded for this. They just didn't have the budget for it. Hmm. Like they ran out of film? No, just no budget to for pay the effects. The, yeah, to pay oh. for the effects to get them made. Well, they did a hell of a job with what they had. I mean, even even if it doesn't show a whole lot of like actual blood and guts, the concept of what's being done during the kill or whatever is like pretty fucking cool. Like a lot of the shit that happens in this movie is unique to me. It's like not really beat to death like in other movies. So just the pickaxe to the foot and just the actual dude hovering over someone, come just repeatedly hitting them with a machete. And I mean like shins, knees, feet, shoulders, head, random just fucking maniacal fucking machete strikes. Yeah. It's so fucking cold hearted. And then like he kills Elroy with the fucking thing under the neck and the uh, with the rope mm-hmm. in the tree. And then just buries the pickaxe in his face. And then his dad finds him like that. Dude, there's like... So, I love it. I love it, dude. They pull up <laughs> this 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 scene. This is one. <laughs> so they pull up and they're like, "Oh, there's like a the dude laying there." Yeah, they think it's a dead body, and that's when everything starts fucking goes off from there. And he gets out of the car, and the dude fucking buries the fucking knife in him, and and they the screams that go on for fucking way too long. That's the most annoying part of this movie to me is like the endless scream of just people screaming. Not even just like, oh my god, what the fuck? Uh, just screaming. It's almost like they just were sat in a room in front of com- a fucking microphone yeah, screaming. Just screaming, yeah. So I that's happening. That. And then you just see <laughs> fucking homeboy in the bushes. You just see him like an axe over his head swinging it like he's circle. fucking Petey Pablo. Fucking <laughs> 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 okay. raise your axe up, swing it around your head. <laughs> Spin it like a helicopter. <laughs> And it just ties in perfectly with the fucking screaming. <laughs> I can't handle it. That He's like, section, <laughs> that, that part of the movie, dude, I lose it every okay, time. Okay, so I that section of the movie it. right there is the fucking, is the gold of this movie. Not only do you have random pre- and post-recorded scream tracks layered over each other like a Sunno record, but you got... A dude swinging a pickaxe like Petey Pav in 2003, and then you, right after that, see the chick from fucking Susie and the Banshees get decapitated, and you see a mannequin head perfectly land, (laughs) covered in blood, and it's clearly a mannequin head, and they gave no fucks. And it still is a sweet movie. Yeah. It's, I, I noticed that right away, and I'm like, that was fucking terrible special effects and then it cuts away and then it's just like okay fuck that this is still cool here's the thing if you have like a good sense which I'm he had a fucking good sense of how to make a movie and how to fucking edit it how to fucking structure it you can do the shittiest practical effects and just know how long to show them for Mm -hmm. and as long as the story is fucking good and it's shot good enough it's fucking a good movie I'd rather see this than a movie where they the use budget's high shitty the, ass fucking CG yeah. and the person doesn't know how to fucking tell like they just have the there's funds. so many of those like early 2000s like mm. really cheaply made movies and they had access to CG where even the blood splurts fucking CG 
which honestly, I'm thinking of the bloody Rob murder. Zombie's last fucking movie, yeah. Three from Hell, had the blood splatter with CG. So, the fuck. But I'd rather watch like this. Like, Me too, dude. I'd rather see a very obvious man- mannequin head get lobbed off or roll across the fucking ground. with a fast cutaway. Yeah, just if you show it just long enough, and then cut away to something else. People don't, they don't make that connection. They. They they know that somebody's head just got cut off, but they don't completely make the connection that they just saw a mannequin head roll across the ground. Yeah. If you focus on it too long, yeah, there it's very much the connection is made, and it's probably going to pull them out of the movie. But. It is, but the cool thing is, is the 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 cut the scene right before that, the cut before that, the actual decapitation was shot so well. It, it's almost not video quality wise. But the decapitation in Friday the 13th 6, the triple decapitation, mm-hmm. it's a full-on shot of the back of the chick's head. And you see the back of her head, and all you see is Harley fucking decapitator. Yeah. So he, you don't see him until her head is fucking clean cut off. And then you're like, holy fuck. And everyone's screaming. It's chaotic. And it's just like... Poof, poof. And then the mannequin head don't even fucking matter no more. It's just like, what the fuck? It's just like a melee of just people just panicking and fucking people coming out of the woods like an ambush. It's like, holy fucking shit. And people are taking off into the woods. And then fucking, uh, dude, it's like, it's like everything that happens in that scene is just so cool because it's such a monotone, quiet, weird movie up until that point. And then all of a sudden everything just gets chaotic for like five minutes. And you're like, holy fucking shit. You know, it's like. Yeah, you know, um, and I always said that this had a Texas Chainsaw Massacre moniker to it. Mm, right I see up, it. right up to the end when she's running away and Dude Man's chasing her. I was her. gonna fucking say that. That's a total like rip of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, on the road, fucking running away from the killer. Yeah, and um, a couple other things too. Both uh, the family. Aspect yeah. selling meat to a fucking restaurant that's selling that's cooking human meat and selling it to customers, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, and that's not a bad thing because this is almost like a fucking like a dude that really liked the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and what really got swept up into the slasher thing going on, and he's like, dude, I don't have the money, but I have the vision to make a really stout B movie, and just. Yeah, I think he nailed it. It's I I can't even explain how much I like this movie. It's it's like it's uh fucking amazing to me that it it's something that it seems attainable. So like if you always wanted to make a movie like this guy, it's yeah. like you can't help but to just root for someone who made a movie like this because at this time and even now it's like if you don't have studio backing, if MGM's not on board, if you know uh See, the Warner Brothers ain't taking it. You're like, I'll do it myself, and then just true fans are gonna hail. Look, do you think this dude would have ever imagined that the VHS cassette tape of this movie, thirty years later, is fucking three hundred dollars? This is a coveted movie. Like, this is fucking pure. Like, you don't find them like this ever. This is this is Tapeworm's highest selling movie that they released. I I'm not surprised. It's. It's like the other weird movies, like a lot price, like Gourmet Chef from Hell, or like yeah. Microwave Master, the one-offs that you're never going to get those again. This is one of those movies, but it's in the vein of a slasher maniac movie, backwoods fucking, 
you know, there's cannibalism too. The guy that you know what I mean. He's like, he's like half cannibal, half zombie. I don't. Know what the fuck is that guy? And wasn't that guy in a fucking? Wasn't he? Wasn't he famous for being an extra in like Night of the Living Dead or something? Someone told me a long time ago the guy on the cover and the the weird dude that's always eating was like. There's a shot in the black and white Night of the Living Dead where he was in the movie, but he was just a random dude that just they put makeup on and he's just walking in the field. I'm not sure, actually. Someone he, That'd be cool. Yeah. They're like, you know... Not 100% sure. Yeah, or he was in, like, a cannibal film or some shit before, but he never was credited. He was just an extra, like a stand-in. And then somehow they, they were like, hey, you fucking... Blah, blah, blah. Well, the director... I know the director of... Uh, Lunchmeat knew him. He was like the only person he knew before making this. He oh. knew him before he even made this movie. Okay. Well, I mean, they throw him in there every once in a while. and But with, um, in terms of like, nowadays, like just making a fucking like, being a nobody who knows nothing wanting to make a movie, I think it's almost, it's it's easier. Fucking everybody has a you can you could fucking film this on your phone honestly yeah and if as long as you have a computer that can edit shit together mm-hmm. I mean it's gonna be obviously time consuming mm-hmm. but anybody can do this and you could fucking distribute it yourself you don't need a distributor yeah you just have to pay for getting shit made and then distribute it true so I think it's e- a little bit easier but yeah but this was the way you did that in eighty seven oh yeah absolutely you had the fucking Make it and fucking edit it all up together if you're doing yeah. DIY and then fucking mm-hmm. get a distributor, like sign a deal with a distributor to fucking get it out. I'm sure they had to dub, dub the dialogue. They didn't have boom mics, did they? I mean, or did they? I Did they literally film the fucking movie with no sound and have the actors and actresses sit in a room and dub no. their lines? <laughs> no. I'm wondering that. No. 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 Okay. I mean, I'm sure they had to redub certain things, but as far as the uh, the actors and actresses' lines, I think those were got carried over pretty well. Okay. Well, no, there's no like mismatch on the lips saying what the du- like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everything matches up. It's just I'm wondering because like this is the budget. Like, there's no. It says nothing about this. I don't know how much it costed to make this fucking it movie. It cost almost nothing. Like, it was like, this was a fucking super low budget fucking movie. Well, this movie. is um, amazing for being a next to nothing movie, dude. I'm trying it's... to remember what the fuck movie was it. I was just watching it. I, I, I always just look some random fucking shit. But it was shot, or was I, I don't know. I was watching something. But they were talking about a movie, maybe. But it was shot completely without sound and every single sound effect had to be edited really yeah even like dubbing over fuck I'm, I can't believe I'm blanking on this because I even had to dub all the fucking voices hmm and then dub kinda... every single sound effect oh evil evil ed evil ed evil ed everything um, everything was dubbed. That's fucking weird. That'd be a weird gig, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like two movies. You film the movie, and then now you have to like do it over again <laughs> yeah. without filming then, the like, movie. All the sound effects, all like people walking, fucking opening doors, like all the stuff. Every, everything had to be added in. That's fucking strange. But according to you, the movie's pretty sweet. I guess still have to check it out. Yeah, check out Evil Ed. It's fucking definitely worth it. 
And check out fucking Lunch Meat. Yeah, check out Lunch Meat. Um, if you're obviously if, if you know if you're a big fan of SOV, you've probably seen this fucking movie. Absolutely. But even if you just kind of dabble, you just kind of go in and out. Uh, definitely check it out. The acting's not horrible. It doesn't fucking drag on. No. Um, it's there's definitely um, worthwhile scenes, mm-hmm. even fuck even worthwhile dialogue. I would I would agree with that. There's some shit said in this movie that's just classic. <laughs> the scene where they 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 stop to basically feel like get get gas, and he's just talking about like, oh, you're just like us, fucking, you just want to get in your panties too. And Except that, you act like it's the last thing on your mind. You're such a hypocrite. That whole fucking yeah. segment is like, wait, this is is this a real conversation? Yeah. <laughs> Did they forget the cameras were rolling? They're just bitching at each other. Right? <laughs> like Sue. She ought to have her picture under in the dictionary under the word fungus. <laughs> I only came on here because she was coming. Well, maybe she only came because he was coming. Have you ever thought about that? You <laughs> carry such you're an fucking asshole. asshole. You're fucking hopeless, man. Like, <laughs> now you're gonna shake hands. We're gonna have fun, or I will personally kick your butt for you. Do you got that? It's like <laughs> shake hands. If it's so world famous, how come I've never heard of it? He's such a dick. He's like, I already told you before we left, the gas gauge is broken. <laughs> the typical dick with the sweater tied around his fucking neck. I'm what the- yeah, you always know. You they you know. They give you the sign. He has a sweater tied around his neck. He's going to be a fucking asshole. He is. And can we please, before we wrap up this movie, just take a moment to appreciate how much time they spend singing row 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 your boat gently down the stream I fucking forgot about that yeah merrily merrily put it in reverse it's just I've been coming up here ever since I was a little kid I think I know how to get there you've seen the signs <laughs> but yeah definitely check this out 100% worth checking out plenty of cheap gore yeah it's uh, definitely worth the, <laughs> definitely worth the watch yeah, I dig it. Uh, what have you been watching, man? Um, mm, fucking... What the hell have I been watching, actually? Oh, I watched One Dark Night. Mm, I don't know, have you ever seen it? I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's on one of those playlists on YouTube. I can't remember who... I can't remember who made it, but it's like PG-13 horror movie. Uh, high school kids like sleep in a mausoleum and then bodies come to life. Mm. And it's like for years I avoided it because it was PG-13, but then I've seen like sh- like stills and shit from it. And my thought was always like, okay, it looks kind of, be kind of cool. Fucking like, what is it? I think Poltergeist is PG-13. It is. Like, that necessarily death curse could be a cool movie with fucking a good feel fucking mm-hmm. visuals yeah, wasn't digging it no wasn't digging it it fucking seemed like it just kind of I don't know it just something about it they didn't do it right was that was that 80s the old movie right uh, yeah it was in the uh, early 80s on Dark Knight I think I've seen that on like a YouTube horror movie playlist yeah, it was early '80s. Um, like, 
the point where like the dead come back to life, I feel like they just it, it just seemed like it, everything was shot in the daytime. Gotcha. Okay. It just has a weird fucking feel. I don't fucking dig it. Um, oh, the other thing I can remember watching is uh, Body Count. Okay. Diodato. I think I've seen that a long time. Eighty-seven, I think, or eighty-eight. Yeah, I've seen eighty-seven. Yeah, slasher film. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that long time ago though. Yeah, on slash uh, retro slashers, it was on there. Yeah, long time ago. I can dig it. Yeah, obviously, it's not not like super good. It's not like these like unsung heroes of the fucking slasher, but has a really good fucking feel to it. Yeah, David Hess is in it. Excellent. That might have been what uh, why I checked it out. Because it was right around the time I seen House on the Edge of the Park for the first time. Yeah. And I was kind of on a David Hess thing. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he directed uh, fucking To All the Good Night. Mm-hmm. So I, I was on this thing. I was trying to find all his shit because I was such a huge fan of, like, Last House on the Left and shit. Then I seen the House on the Edge of the Park, and I'm like, holy fuck, dude. And then he, like, directed too, and, like... I kind of got swept up in that, and the dude that he was in house on the edge of the park with—that's also in like City of the Living Dead and mm-hmm. fucking, um, yeah, you know, I yeah. just fell into a wormhole. Um, dude, speaking of uh, this, because this is new, the Diodato. Uh, do you know he was supposed to do a zombie movie? No, but it doesn't surprise me. Well, he, and if anyone could have pulled it off, it would have been him. What's funny is. He doesn't like horror movies. He doesn't even consider any of his movies horror movies. Just doesn't he doesn't look at any of his movies as horror movies. He was more of an erotic. He considers Diodato considers his movies he's a realist. So like Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, who am I thinking? Oh, you're Diodato. thinking of Franco. Yeah, my bad. Okay. Oh, what the fuck am I okay. Okay. Diodato. Yeah. Ruggiero Diodato. Yes. Gotcha. Cannibal okay. Holocaust. Yeah, yeah. Body count. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not even big into horror. Well, technically, Cannibal Holocaust really wasn't a horror film. Yeah, especially the reason he fucking made Cannibal Holocaust was you. Uh, what the fuck war was going? There was a war going on, and he, they would see on the news was fucking nothing but dead bodies, like on the actual news. But mm. then movies were getting like cut up and censored. Mm. He got fucking pissed, so he came up with the idea of, like, what if we made a movie where fucking journalists are basically the bad guys? Yeah. Well, that's yeah, kind yeah. of what so it's spread off from there. Like a shoot back at media and press and shit. Yeah. Like so just depicting kind of, violence and... So it spun off from that's there. way ahead of its time. Yeah. I think I read that in the fucking uh, Fangoria or the Gore Zone I have. Yeah. So, um, after Cannibal Holocaust came out, he basically shot... Um, House of the Park, basically right after. There was a little bit of lag time in it, but it was like back's back almost. And then after that, like some people were kind of hesitant, studios were hesitant on getting him because of the backlash from Candle Holocaust. Mm. But there was a fucking uh, rich dude owned some fucking like jean factory or something. Wanted he had a script, like zombie movie. Wanted him to direct it. So he was like, all right. And then he was supposed to go South America and scout locations. And before, like a week before he went, he found out his dad was sick. 
So he fucking skirted over to his parents' house and his whole family's there. Dad's sick. He's supposed to go to fucking South America. He stays with his dad. And, like, every day, the producers are calling him. Damn. Like, hey, man, like, uh, so you going to come? And then I guess I got, he said he got to a point where <clears throat> they stopped being nice about it. And they mm. basically were saying, like, okay, you need to fucking show up here or we're, we're sending your lawyers in. And he told them to go fuck themselves. Next day, his dad died, and then he went to the funeral, and then went back to Rome. He's like, I never heard back from him. Damn, dude. <laughs> he said the movie never got made. Never heard back from him. Nothing ever happened. And that was that. Was that. <laughs> he did say that the only thing he remembers about it was they were supposed to be like water zombies, so it was supposed to be like more like wet and soggy-looking. Like shockwaves and shit. Yeah. And he's, but he said like he was he was so not into horror like he hadn't even seen like anything Romero did he didn't seen anything Fulci did mm. any of that yeah so it's just off the top was like from his his, his brainchild he yeah, wasn't like, influenced whatever script he was working off of that was he was gonna like, <clears throat> and I'm kind of curious on what that movie would have fucking been kind of sounds like it would have been cool yeah with I think with him it could have been yeah especially with having somebody who's it could go 50-50 with somebody who's not 100% into horror movies, especially somebody who hasn't been into like that genre of horror. But I think him being him and the stuff he's done previously, yeah, I think it could have a decent feel to it. Yeah, I would definitely have check, checked it out for sure. Um, I don't... I, see, I didn't really... I just... like I watched three movies today. I've watched a lot of movies since our last episode, but I'm just, it's a complete mixed bag. Even the shit I've been listening to is just weird, so. Yeah. Uh, today I watched Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, The Boogeyman, and I Dismember Mama. All right. Uh, and then just, like, I've watched, uh, there's like a new kickboxer movie that came out like three or four years ago. Batista from WWE's, like, the villain, Van Damme's in it. Dude, that, okay, you were just telling me about this movie. Is that a fucking remake of Kickboxer? It is. Okay. It's a reboot. Every, everything you were telling me, I'm like, okay, it sounds like a straight-up remake. It's the same. Well, it's like, it's kind of like a reboot, though, because it's the story's altered a bit. They use the same names, and it's the same plot. So what 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 is the Friday the 13th, 2009 to you? Remake. In my mind, remakes and reboots are the same fucking thing. That's okay. Well, then you would look at this as a remake. I look like at if, it like if they it's could, like they could if build... it's basically the same story, but they switch a couple things around. No, it's a fucking remake, man. A reboot, and now this is. I would gonna... I would consider this a reimagining of the original movie. It's a remake then, basically. <laughs> like but it's, it's just it's they're taking the original story and just switching a couple things. That's around. what they did. Yeah, yeah. It's good though. If you like the original Kickboxer, you should like this one. It's pretty brutal. Like, the fight scenes are pretty fucking brutal. Like, they still do the fucking, like, glass yeah, they knuckled did fight? The fucking uh, hemp rope dipped in rosin and broken glass. Yeah. But in this one, they up the stakes. So every round at the end that Kurt has to fight Tong Po, they add another stipulation. Okay. It was like one round had the gloves. Another round had, like, fuck straight-up weapons. Another round was elbows and knees only. That was brutal. Because they're just straight going at it, like knees to the face, elbows to the temple. Fucking, uh, what is that? 
fucking nuts. What style fighting is that? It's Muay Thai. Muay Thai, where it's all like a lot of knees and elbows. Yeah, well, they're just straight going to the rib cage and like the fucking, you know, like back and forth with the. Yeah. It's cool. So I watched that. That was pretty dope. Um, And just, I watched like um, this dumb shit on Netflix, the movies that made us. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watched all of them. Yeah. Home Alone, Ghostbusters. Even the Dirty Dancing one was cool as fuck. Yeah, that was the first one. No one wanted that movie. Vestron was the only one that said, you know what? Fuck it. They tried to sell it to every major studio. And at that time, Vestron was just a video company. Mm-hmm. And they took it out. And it's, the movie's fucking huge. It's, there's a name a bigger movie from that time that's not horror or whatever. Like, it's fucking Dirty Dancing, dude. That was a cool episode. It's like the, the Ghostbusters one was real cool. Home Alone, Die Hard, all that shit, killer. Um, and then I watched uh, what else did I watch? Something else similar to that, but not important. Uh, <laughs> uh, and just the music-wise, dude, literally nothing but Mortician and old-school death metal, mostly Florida, early death, Morbid Angel, Obituary, and then The Police and Rush. 80s both sharp left there I've been listening to a fuck ton of the police and a fuck ton of rush but the 80s stuff not the 70s stuff so like I'm just in a weird place (laughs) (laughs) but uh, I've been eating a lot of uh, cannabis edible cannabis and I love the police it's like my favorite fucking rock (laughs) reggae fucking satirical revolutionary punk attitude Fuck the system in the government band. <laughs> Sting was the man. Just let's let's put it that way. <laughs> fucking, uh, fucking listening wise, I was kind of going through some pentagram, and I came to the realization that I don't know how I've not listened to this album. But Day of Reckoning? Are you kidding me with that fucking record? I need to calm it down with that one. Welcome aboard. I don't know how I missed this record. I've been comparing Day of Reckoning with the self-titled 84 record for a couple years now. Yeah, dude, I got like, I started, I listened to it multiple times. Like, how have I missed this record? It's like, amazing. It's, it's so fucking good. It came out like three years after Relentless. Yeah. And it's, they were still in that zone of writing that type of. Fucking but riffs I think, on that. Yeah, I think that Relentless is more memorable, almost like a first uh, Sabbath or a first priest or a first maiden, where it's just always going to be memorable. But I think that it's the second. It's almost like the first maiden and Killers. Yeah, Day of Reckoning. They fucking took what they did with Relentless, which was the second coming of the band. All the '70s shit was done. They moved into a whole new direction perfected it on Day of Reckoning. There's not a bad song on there. No, and there's fucking some fucking riffs and some structure on that those that, that album. With That's better production bold. than Relentless had. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the 70s shit. Oh, that's, that's always going to be top fucking tier, but it's man. it's two, I look at it as two different pentagrams. And I think I think for some reason I skipped, I don't know why, cuz I've listened to I've listened through Pentagram's discography and I've but somehow I've always miss this album and I don't know fucking how mm. I honestly don't know how well, I remember the first time I heard it was on accident it was on YouTube I was listening to Relentless and it was like 
that came on next it was the full album and I didn't realize until a couple songs in that I didn't really because how many fucking times have we spun Relentless yeah dude we used to listen to that Pentagram album all almost every time we hung out Mm -hmm. and I know it front to back and once there's no more like 20 bucks spin the ghoul once those are done and I'm like what the fuck is this and I'm looking like Day of Reckoning it's like 87 I'm like this was the album after Relentless and I listened to the whole thing like this is fucking amazing and then it gets to Burning Savior, and I'm like, wow, this is great, dude. And I tried telling you, hey, do you check out Day of Reckoning, dude? Like, if you do, nah, man, I, maybe. I don't. And then you text me, like, why the fuck have I never heard? <laughs> I'm like, dude, I've been trying to tell you. It's, I just listened to the episode we did with Slasher Dave, where we got on this weird Frightmare thing. Yeah. Dave was like, were you the one telling me you like Frightmare? I'm like, I love Frightmare. And then we get on to like, uh, the second Frightmare mm-hmm. and he's like it's kind of got like a Heartwork which is a Carcass album Yeah, I'm like yeah it does I never really thought about that I was like I love Exhumed he's like I do too and then we're talking about like Exhumed which came from Frightmare what I'm getting at is I'm like dude that first Exhumed record that Sodomy and Lust cover and you chime in like, wait a minute, Exhumed did a Sodomy and Lust cover? And I'm like, dude, I've tried showing you three or four times. And Dave's just laughing over top of everything. I'm like, I've tried. I'm like, dude, you know, Exhumed did a six Sodomy and Lust cover. It was on their first album. And I played it for you. We fucking, and then you're just like, wait a minute, wait, they did a Sodomy and Lust cover? I'm like, dude, I've tried showing you like four times. It's like, at this point, I dude, did the I'm same ba- thing with Day of Reckoning, I'm man. fucking bad with it, that shit. It's all right. I'm used to it I'm with fucking some of my other friends. I'm fucking bad with that shit. I'm like, dude, in about seven years, let me know when you come to the realization Seventh Son is the best Dickinson album. I'll give you time. I'll give you seven years. I'd say this to everybody. They're like, dude, no, fucking Peace of Mind is the best. Or fucking the self-title is the best. I'm like, yeah, the, maybe the best Diano. No. The best? <laughs> okay, we're going to end this right now. I had a fucking eight. Our the conversation. Best, the best Maiden album is either the first or the second album. Right. I don't give a fuck. That's the best Maiden album. Um, out of those two, which one's better? Southside or, or Killers? Yeah. Oh, um, see, and that's see, the, that's an issue. What's what's the best Maiden uh, with Dickinson? With Dickinson, I guess I'd have to actually care enough to listen to more than like the three I've listened to. Yeah, I, I don't see you going past Power Slave. I don't really think that's your would be your bag. Like I've said I, I've I just because I've, I've known you for fucking a decade. I've drunkenly joked with you about this that like Diano's like the fucking like English fucking street rocker and mm-hmm. fucking Bruce Dickinson's like the fucking rich English chap with like Yeah. Catholic school shorts and a fucking tie. Yeah, yeah. Like to me, it's totally different types of music, and he can just—he happens to have like an operatic voice, and it worked well with that band. And I would love to have seen more Diano records. Diano became a douchebag later on in life. Did Bruce Dickinson maybe became better later on in life? I don't fucking know, but yeah. Um, when it comes to Maiden, uh, I don't know. I'd have to listen to the Sun. There's not one person. There's only one person that's ever agreed with me, and that's your cousin. It's Merck. Which one? Okay, Mike. He's like, dude, Seven Son is the best album. I'm like, dude, you're the only fucking person I've ever heard say that. I would listen to it because I know I haven't given it a shot. I haven't given it a fair shake. The closest thing I've ever gotten with everybody, everybody I've talked to, 
because I'm really big Maiden fan as well. Seven Sons a great record, but it's definitely not their best. I get that's everybody. <laughs> no, I, I understand. <laughs> well, that's that, that already that already puts me in the fucking like in a handicap because in my mind, Dickinson never sang on their best album. Oh, I get that. I know because you're you're in the you're in that section. Yeah. So I was hanging out with Bob recently and. He's always telling me oh, pre- uh, Maiden's played out, and I don't never cared for Priest. I'm like, you're a fucking lost case. I'm like, dude, we're it's a new rule. We hang out, we do jam Priest, we do jam Maiden. That's what I do. And he's fighting me tooth and nail on it. And I'm like, I put on fucking First Maiden, and just instantly he's like, dude, I Phantom of the Opera is like the best song ever written, dude. I. <laughs> He's like, dude, that fucking transition from bridge to fucking section to bass to bridge. Like, dude, who was doing that, Nady? I'm like, okay, so it's cool we listen to Maiden now. So we went through, like, self-titled, couple select tracks, did Transylvania, the self-titled, the song Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. Moved on to Killers, did some Purgatory, did some Genghis Khan, did some fucking... And then we get into Dickinson, and he's just like, well, dude, I don't know, man. I would have to say the self-titled is like... More memorable than Killers, but Killers might be a better record. But Dickinson's like somewhere in time's the best fucking Dickinson record. And I'm like, okay, that's refreshing because it's not Number of the Beast or Peace of Mind or Power Slave. It's like later Maiden. And we got into the whole thing about how Maiden kind of dropped the ball on the one after Seventh Son, and then Fear of the Dark was kind of a comeback album that was pretty good. Wasn't bad. And then Dickinson left and started his own solo shit, which was actually really good. Uh, I fucking that's that first solo Dickinson record was almost like fight with Halford like fuck you know it's like big shoes to fill you're gonna go out on your own you gotta make a banger right off the rip or no one's gonna take you seriously Mm -hmm. that first Dickinson record is really good man I mean he made a couple after that but Balls to Picasso that first one was fucking great dude is that the one that was Bring Your Daughter to Slaughter was a straight up Dickinson song and they, he brought it to Maiden when he got back together. Yes, and it was used, it was written for Dream Child. Yeah. Was, but it's a Dickinson song, it wasn't an Iron Maiden yeah, song. Yeah, he wrote that, like mm-hmm. that was his song. Was that ever on a non-Maiden, did he put that on an actual Dickinson record? No. But I believe he plays that in his set, in his solo, when he was solo. That was the only Maiden song that was in the set. So, like, he went solo, and you go see Dickinson, you think you're going to hear The Trooper, and you're going to hear fucking sign Number of the Beast and shit. And I don't know. Who the fuck is that high where they think they're going to go see the singer of a big band sing the songs from that big band? Uh, Sebastian Bach fans? <laughs> go fuck yourself. Like, Queens right Why band? would you fucking think that? Like, no, man. If I go to see Bruce Dickinson... I'm not thinking I'm going to hear fucking Maiden songs. That's how dumb people are. So <laughs> I'm, I, I'm expecting well, Bruce Dickinson songs, and if I show up not knowing what Bruce Dickinson songs in, I guess I'm going to fucking find out what they are. Yeah. Well, I mean, true. Maybe with the hope that they're going to cover a Maiden song, but that's about it. It's about what it is, too. But it's weird because, like, you go see Ozzy and you hear Sabbath songs, though. Ozzy's covering Sabbath at that point. That's what I look at. That yeah, it's Ozzy I don't, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go to see Ozzy expecting to hear shit from fucking like. Paranormal it's only shit. a bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, cool. He's covering some fucking Sabbath, and that's in my thought process. He's covering Sabbath. Yeah. 
But then try try to listen to Ronnie James Dio sing War Pigs. It doesn't work. I can't imagine it would. So what's worse? Here's my question to you. In that situation, what's worse? Listening to Maiden without Dickinson singing? Dickinson songs? Or Dickinson having all new members that are not Maiden playing those songs, but you still get Dickinson singing those songs. Dude, honestly, I would think in that regard, it would probably, depending on, I, I kind of know, I know you're going with this. You know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. It would be, what would be worse would be Maiden without Dickinson singing Dickinson songs. It's happened. It's because atrocious. you can hear maybe a little off versions musically playing Maiden songs, but the vocals are 100% Maiden. And that's and why that sells it. people go to Dickinson shows to hopefully hear Maiden <laughs> yeah, hits because they've them. seen Blaze Bailey. Oh, man. And they're like, nah. Do you remember when Blaze, Blaze came to the token? He did. And <laughs> I was Blaze, like, Steve, let's go see Blaze Bailey. Blaze Bailey's <laughs> got fucking uh, pipes of uh, not gold, but he's Damn good singer. He just didn't work in Maiden. It didn't work. And those were their worst albums were with him. And they weren't even like that bad, really. They weren't like terrible, but it's Honestly, it's it's it like didn't sound it, right. it's like Dickinson trying to sing anything Diano. Oh, that's that's a train wreck too. I honestly think I honestly think Dickinson can do it. He chooses not to do it. It's a pride thing. Yeah, he doesn't want he, to fucking do it. Like he him. joined the band out of spite because he knew he was a better singer than Diano. He's like, dude, you guys are a great band, but you got a singer holding you back. And he just sat and waited, doing the Samson thing. When he got his opportunity, he was super extra. Yeah, his highs were super high. They were super drawn out. Like I can do way more with this band than fucking. He could dial it down a notch and, and he do does... fucking Diano songs. But he chooses not to, no. which makes him sound like garbage when they decide to play anything off the first two albums. Oh, dude, when they do Wrathchild on fucking Jesus Live Christ, After Death. Dude, go fuck yourself. It's That's horrible. The only song that they've ever done with Dickinson off the first two records that sounds okay is Running Free. But how can you fuck that up? Yeah, you, there's no point in there where he should be going operatic, so yeah, you can't fuck that up. I've heard him do fucking... Phantom of the Opera and it sounds like trash. Oh, yeah, like, how do you ruin Phantom of the they Opera? They did do Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, that's he not... gets so extra with it. He does. Like, dude, calm it down. It man. almost shadows the music. Like, how good the music, yeah. how good the song is, is just him just being way extra. Like, dial it the fuck down. Yeah, let the. You've music... heard those two records. You know what it's supposed the to sound like. The reason those records are so good is because the music is is more than the vocals. At, at some point. Maiden became more about fucking vocals than it did about. You had an era where Dio was. It was more about no one who fucking played guitar in Dio. <laughs> I'm sure Mike from Acid Witch knows. I don't. Yeah. Do, do you know every it. lyric Dio's ever sang? Because he's one of the fucking best singers of all time. Of course you do. You don't go to see fucking Homeboy play guitar. You're going to see Dio. It be, there was an era of singers. Helford was like pinnacle. You had singers like that. No, not everyone could do it. That's the only thing. Okay. With Priest there, you can't say you could replace the guitar players. Oh, no. Priest I'm not saying same. that. Priest was the exception to that. But what I'm saying is, like, Helford was, I oh, would yeah, say, the yeah. biggest attraction because those fucking pipes. Like, when Screaming for Vengeance came out, that's when he started getting, like, 
you're like this dude can sing but yeah. that was ushering in the like Dio was doing the just left Sabbath you got you know what I'm saying like yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. and then Dickinson took over Maiden and then it turns into this like staple in fucking metal where it's got to be like super fucking you have to know how to sing yeah. you have to you can't fucking vocalist that can hit some ranges yeah and then you have your Halloweens that came later on where the vocals are amazing Queensryche I don't care what anyone says Jeff Tate's vocals were fucking bar none for a while there um, he just it was late to the game. It was late '80s when that shit had already been done. But Jeff yeah. Tate was fucking unbelievable, and uh, yeah, it's just you know. But I'm just saying, like, if I had the choice whether to go see Maiden with Bailey singing or Dickinson with a new band playing Maiden songs that are probably not going to sound like Maiden, might be slowed down a little bit or altered <laughs> because they, they can't quite. I'd rather go see Dickinson because. The music might be spot on with Harris and Murray and guys playing, but the, the fucking vocals just, it's like a distraction. It's almost like quarters in a dryer for 45 minutes, you know? It's just like, dude. Well, yeah. See, yeah, and here's the thing I always look at it as if you're going to f- be the new singer for a band that's been along for a long time, yeah. you have ample time. To listen to their shit, mm-hmm. or like this is a set list you want me to do. Okay, take those songs, listen to it. You should know every fucking vocal cue, every fucking chord change. Like, so you should know how it should technically sound. You may not hit the right chord, maybe, but it's going to vocally be in the same range. Right. That's when I lose it with like, dude, you you've heard this shit before. You know how it's supposed to sound. How are you fucking it up this bad? Blaze did. And it blows my fucking mind. Ripper did not. Ripper was chosen to replace Halford because he was in a priest cover band. So he knew what the fuck was up. And people that had their eyes closed or back turned to the stage thought Halford was on stage. It was so noticeable that the dudes in Judas Priest showed up at a bar in L.A. to have a drink. And they're like... Yeah. <laughs> I thought Rob was up there. Who the fuck is this guy? And this is a priest cover band. Oh, I'm Ripper Owens. I actually my stage name is after a fucking priest song, and this is a tribute to my favorite band. And he's nailing those fucking Helford, maybe even better than Helford because he's had time to like perfect what was already done. It's just he joined Priest at a terrible time in metal, where the '98 was shit shit time for metal. You know, there wasn't really any memorable fucking metal albums coming out at that time. Oh, yeah. But when they played the classic Priest back catalog, Ripper Owens nailed that shit. And I heard him do Flight of Icarus, the Maiden song, on a uh, compilation. And fuck, dude, he nailed Flight of Icarus. I'm like, Rip, Ripper Owens was, you know, it just sucks. Like, he would have done good in Maiden. If it would have been... You know what I mean? Like he could have he yeah. could have did the Maiden thing instead of Blaze Bailey, and I think it would have been a little bit less uh, shit, like not good. But it's just kind of how it works out, man. And you know, Blaze, I would go see him solo. Fucking, he plays Maiden songs. He does his own shit, but you can't replace Dickinson, dude. Can't could've, can't could've, replace Halford, dude. Could have caught Blaze Bailey. We we almost went. I think James uh, from Chicago went. Dude, yeah, he saw him. Yeah, he did. And he was super excited. He was like, dude, I'm going to see Blaze Bailey. I'm like, fuck yeah, that's cool, man. Like, Blaze is, I, I ain't got no, like, kudos. The guy, how many people can say, yeah, I used to sing for Maiden. 
It's almost like Gary Sharon. Not a lot of people know he sang for Van Halen. Hmm. Oh, well, you know, All you right. want to really fuck someone up that thinks that they know everything? Be like, dude, um, Hagar or Lee Roth. And you just say, Sharon, and walk away. Like, <laughs> Sharon? Yeah, Gary Sharon? You know, the, the one Van Halen album he was on in the 90s. Remember that? No, then you're not a true Van Halen fan. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> God, that was a that was it was the guy from Extreme, the '80s hair metal band. Amazing. Extreme. I yeah. didn't know that. I don't and know shit about Van Halen, but you know. Oh, Van Halen's got a new record coming out. Cool. Did David Lee Roth come back? No. Oh, it's another Van. Uh, it's a Hagar. No. There's no vocals. No, there is. Who is it? It's <laughs> the guitar no player from Extreme. <laughs> Not interested. <laughs> and then you hear the fucking first single, you're like, ouch, yeah, this isn't good. This is bad. Like, not a, not, not a good not a good uh, Van Halen album. And I'm fucking all about that old school Van Halen, but dude, I just remember that coming out. Like, that's bad. But, you know. <laughs> so, but yeah, all right, well. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Check out uh, Lunch Me. Did you have, um, what have you been jamming? Have you been jamming some shit? What are you jamming, dude? Oh, I mean, besides the pentagram that I was talking about. Yeah, we fucking went off on a tangent there. Dude, yeah, we did. We got lost. Well, listen to more Day of Reckoning, and one day we'll, you can come to my place. You know, it's not impossible for you to come to my place, and we can jam some Day of Reckoning and maybe do a fucking 24-inch Kevin McAllister cheese pizza. <laughs> uh, I haven't spun it yet, but I picked up a uh, so zine. So this is Progress, based out of Ohio. Just did a fucking flexi release um, with their zine, and Sacrifix is on it. Stop it. It's just fucking... This uh, is a new... Uh, it's uh, unreleased. Mark ended up recording it. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah, because like, they were like... Uh, I guess what it ended up being was it had to be a certain time frame. It has to be under this. and Because they wanted anguish. They wanted an anguish track. Mm. And Mark was like, well, what's the time frame? He's like, it's got to be like this. He's like, well, the, the shortest anguish song is like in forty five seconds to a minute longer than that, and there was for a flexi. He's like, so he's like, I can't do it. Give you an anguish track. He's like, but uh, we have some unreleased sacrifice that I could give you. So he ended up recording an unreleased sacrifice song, shipping it out. So no, released Dude. it. Which is like the Sacrifice is like I think three or four other bands all got a song like all short songs, but yeah. Wow. Well, that's fucking. Definitely need to spin it because I haven't done it yet. Cool. Zine's cool too. It's got a this one's like a, basically just a throwback issue because of the quarantine thing. Mm-hmm. So it's just a bunch of uh, <clears throat> pictures dating dating back to like '07 I think from like an old camera that the dude who runs the zine put together. It's like then, a Reaper was around back then, yeah. Yeah, this is based in Ohio, though. I think, and I think the the zine's based in Ohio, <clears throat> but the camera and all the pictures I think were from California. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I'm thinking he lived in California. Right, when I moved. Um, but yeah, well, I'm just thinking that era was like Anguish Reaper, fucking shit, fucker, uh, perversion. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. that shit was happening like around '07. That was a fucking cool time, dude. I just. Um, I wasn't there for it, but somebody posted about kind of saying how like a like X band like I don't know why people don't give X band more credit when they love Toxic Holocaust and this band's just like them. And um, Victor from Sauron 
comment like, dude, fucking Toxic Holocaust is great. He's like, great dudes. He's like, Joel's an awesome guy. He's like, we played with their on their first tour at Smalls with Reaper. That was that fucking show I was telling you about. I didn't realize that was Toxic Holocaust's first show, mm. first tour. Yeah. Where fucking uh, Reaper played, Toxic Holocaust, Sauron played, and the fucking sound dude cut this, cut the sound to Sauron during their last song. We got super pissed at him for some fucking reason. And they just kept playing, and like everybody up front was just like chanting the fucking words. With no guitars, just drums. Yeah, and the drummer kept playing it. They're actually fucking Vic kept fucking playing his guitar and shit and bass player and everything. <clears throat> but you're just no amps, they had no power. But everybody on stage knew the fucking words. It was uh um the fuck's this song? Thrash till death. Yeah, that song I thought Thrash yeah. Till Death. That was like the last song they played. The song guy was fucking I don't even know what the fuck he did they did that pissed him off, but he got fucking salty for some reason. He was wow. like, These fuckers aren't playing here ever again. Good guy. <laughs> like, all right, whatever. It's well, weird too, because Sauron's like the nicest dudes ever. Yeah. They're all like super nice guys. All killer dudes, man. But yeah, Victor was like, Yeah, it was their fucking first toxic holocaust show. I was like, dude, that was a fucking a blast of a night. That's cool, yeah. That was like the early fucking toxic holocaust. That was toxic too. holocaust had um was Evil Never Dies. Mm-hmm. Hell on Earth was the latest full length. I think that's what they were touring on. And they had like what? Like Deathmaster 7 inch and then um, Reaper's Grave 7 inch. And I think that was pretty much it. Yeah. I've, I've actually, in time, checked out all that early stuff and like those, like the EP and like just like Reaper's Grave and shit. I kind of was really into them for a minute. All the early shit's my favorite. Yeah, that, like, that was the stuff you played for me first, and then I found their later stuff later, and I I like their later stuff too, but that early shit is, like, essential. It's pinnacle stuff, yeah. For if you really like thrash. Yeah. It just, it's basically just straight riffs. It's a continuation of, like, the golden era of fucking thrash metal to me. It's just, it's just it was frozen, and f- they thought it out. Even early... Uh, municipals like that too like those first couple like oh yeah it's got that early Early municipals like bay area fucking like jacked up a little bit yeah because i toxic holocaust comes from more like they they went from more german style sodom jacked up a little bit yeah like yeah toxic holocaust when i first heard it it was like definitely had a sodom vibe and then the municipal thing was definitely exodus kind of a bay area thing going on dude yeah i I, because i never I was never big into fucking Exodus. Uh, you never liked them, I get And it. that fucking... What's that one song that was like they're huge for? Oh, it was the Toxic Waltz. Yeah, the Toxic Waltz. When I finally heard that, and I, dude, like so many years later, I heard it at your apartment. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, okay, now I see where fucking Municipal Waste got it from. Because that was 100% like... Municipal Waste just ripped the sound of Toxic Waltz <laughs> and just spread it across everything they wrote. Yeah. I'm like, okay... Now I make it all makes sense. I literally heard Exodus for the first time when I was thirteen, I think. So I mean, that's my. I remember that's, hearing them when I was younger. And I just never got into them. There was something about them, and I just, I just never, it never grabbed me. I always said Exodus. The effect that Exodus has on like metalheads is the same effect that Rush has on like Dungeons and Dragons like nerds and like progressive people. If you can't get past the vocals, you're not going to like the band. Once you can get past the vocals, you start to like them. You find that they're just an incredible band. I think that like those first two or three Exodus records were some of the best thrash metal I've ever, ever written. Gary Holt was on a 
fucking mission. Paul Balaf was a maniac. They were a good band. Then they just got swept up in that weird 90s shit where they're like, well, the Black Album happened, so now you got to do this. And like every, Balaf left the band, and Toxic band. Waltz was the first album with the singer that replaced Balaf. And then after that, they kind of, whatever. All those bands, that happened. After 91, that Clash of the Titans tour. Yeah. They, uh, all those bands, Anthrax, I watched that documentary. They're like, no major label would take us unless we changed our sound. Everything was about Seattle. Everything was about grunge. Couldn't play fast anymore. Ballads were dead. Hair metal was dead. We didn't know what the fuck to do. We've been doing this for fucking 12 years, and all of a sudden they're saying we can't do it anymore. It's like, well, we can't really wear flannels and fucking being a grunge band. What the fuck is going on here? So kind of hurt the... But what, what happened was that killed it, and then Toxic Holocaust brought that shit back. Like that, when I first heard it, I'm like, this is what the shit sounded like when I was 13. Like when you first hear like Rain and Blood or fucking Hello Waits, you're like, whoa, it's fucking even early Megadeth records. So, yeah, good shit, man. I, and and I, mean, I want to check that out, that Flexi dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not tonight, but whenever. Yeah, like, I need to actually put it on because I, I just realized when I brought it up that I, I haven't played it yet. Fucking have to clean out the uh, the office because we're no longer working down there. And we stopped by Mark's house, fucking picked it up. And, uh, never, never oh wow, <laughs> yeah. But all right, yeah, man. Uh, well, anything else you want to add, man? I got nothing. That's uh, that's all I got. That's about all we got. We got we talked about stuff. Oh, we wow. talked about stuff and some things. <laughs> Don't tell me you forgot the lunch menu. You know the rules. Dildos. I provide the car. You bring the supplies. Me too. Carries a dick. All right. We'll see you guys. All right. See you guys later.